the beginning of this year, I took a, a trip to Thailand to just kind of get away. And that was probably when I realized how bad my depression was. I could barely run three miles a couple months ago. What if, what if I tried to run 3,000? Questioned if I would be able to finish it was in Arkansas, so that was about day 105. I had just I had just crossed the Mississippi River going into Arkansas, and my Achilles tendon started to like kind of flare up a little. Hi, I'm Mike Gabriel. This is Miked Up Pod, a podcast where we talk a wide range of topics from business, health, lifestyle, but most importantly, the topics of life, growing, learning, self-awareness, and leading. This is where we get the best of the best who tell their experiences. On today's show, we have Brady Silverwood. Brady, at 23 years old, decided to open up his own clothing line. It was geared towards collegiate athletic gear. In two months, his clothing line hit 30 universities around the country. His success didn't equate to happiness, though. So much so that he decided to sell his shares of the company because he had a bigger purpose in life. And he meant it. He decided to run across the United States. He ran it with a purpose, raising thousands of dollars for several different charities. We've provided this platform for stories just like this. Here's the story on Brady Silverwood. Enjoy. So I've got Brady Silverwood. I got to tell you, man, I'm having a hard time introducing you because I've not only haven't met anybody that has done this, but I've never really known of anybody that's done this until you have. And then I've done my research. My man, you ran across the United States of America. Has that sunk in yet? (laughs) It's funny, Mike, because when I talk to people like you about it, that's when I really am able to reflect on it. But no, I, I'd i say like it really hasn't sunk in fully yet since I'm just like a week fresh off of finishing. But something that I just for 23 years of my life never would have thought that I could do something like this. And then, you know, from March writing it in my journal to now December finishing it. Yeah, it definitely has not sunk in yet. Let's start at the beginning and, and find out how you kind of got to this journey. I know you started it on May the 5th. You wrote it down in your journal, you said, in March. Uh, prior to all of that, what were you doing in your life? So I graduated from the University of Arizona in 2017. I had a business focus out there. My dad is an entrepreneur, and he's a developer in San Diego. and He's had his own business for now over 30 years, so... I always looked up to him and I didn't, I didn't always think I wanted to exactly be in his field. I just knew that I wanted to uh, kind of venture off on my own and, and start something of my own. So in my senior year of college, I started a clothing company called Sunny Co Clothing with my friend Alan. We did it for eight months, just like out of our apartment 
really just, you know, door to door selling and, you know, we, we built it from the ground up really. And we first started, we were selling skirts and then we moved on to swimwear, did this free promotion on Instagram and it really blew up our company and ended up doing that full time after college. I guess that was the first time in my life where this big dream of mine that I didn't really know if it was attainable or not. And that was running a business on my own and being able to pay for my rent and all my bills just from running my own business. And after through that first year of business, it really showed me that I am capable of something greater than I thought for myself. And so I ran that company for two years. And in December of 2018, I decided that I wanted a deeper purpose in the work. It was a great business, but I just, I felt this urge that I needed to be helping people on a different level. And I decided to leave the company and actually sold sold my shares to my business partner. That kind of put me in this interesting, it almost felt like a limbo sort where I just didn't have a lot of confidence. And, and when I tell people that, they kind of get confused because they're like, you know, you crushed your first business at 23 and you're, you're selling it already. You, know, you must be on the top of the world. But it really was my identity and I, I did it with my best friend. So a part of me would question if I was capable of doing something successful on my own or if, you know, my friend was the, the one only bringing value to the company. So I really was in an insecure place and I was living out in Los Angeles and partying a lot. I, I went through a lot of depression out there and there's a lot of mornings where it was just hard to convince myself to get out of bed in the morning and go do things. So it, it really put me in a dark place. And it was in August. So a few months before I officially sold the company is when my roommate came into my room and I was really losing, I guess, uh, motivation in the company. There was a couple months before officially selling it where I just was not working. I was just like, I need to, I need to get out of this. And around this time, my roommate came into my, my room and was like, Brady, do you want to go to this run club today? And it was a Saturday morning at like 9 a.m. I think I was hungover. I hated running too. So I played sports growing up, but I was never like a star athlete and. I usually chose like the sports where there's the least running. So I love like baseball and stuff. Right. Um, yeah, he took me to this run club. I, I really didn't want to go, but I went and I barely finished the three miles. So you could run three, four, five miles. I was so intimidated too that first day. I remember because again, I didn't think of myself at all as a runner or an athlete. I felt good when I finished it and I just remember leaving that day and knowing that it was something good for me in my life. The founder of the Run Club, Luke Gledhill, he got my phone number and he would text me every following week to say, hey Brady, I hope to see you at Run Club again this Saturday. Did they, did they, know, I, did they know you were going through some depression at the time? No, he had no idea and he's actually dealt with some of that in his life mm -hmm. too, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. He had no idea. What made you start this swimsuit line? Did you think there was a need out there in the marketplace and, and the two of you got together and, and you knew you can make money? The, the cool thing about that is uh, we weren't even thinking swimsuits until eight months into the business. The business originated just off of me and uh, my friends. We went out to USC Arizona football game 
out in LA and we noticed all these girls would wear these like cheerleading skirts to the game. And one of my friends on the way back uh, to Arizona, there's maybe seven people in the car. He said, why doesn't anyone bring those skirts to U of A, like sell skirts with the U of A girls? Because USC was the only school really wearing these skirts. The idea just stayed in my mind. I couldn't get it out of my mind. And I was right when I got back to Arizona, um, I told my roommate, Alan, the idea. And I was just like, we should sell skirts. And like, you know, we're, we're fraternity guys and selling women's clothing was like, we had no idea what we were doing. We just knew that these girls that at USC would go to like American apparel and um, get these, like get these skirts to wear at these games. And no one at Arizona was selling like Arizona, I guess, cheer skirts. So yeah, it originated off of that, noticing that these girls at Arizona were trying to get in on like this Los Angeles trend. And we just, we started so simple with like two skirts on our website, white, I think white, red trim, and then a red, like blue stripe at the bottom. And I want to say within like two months, we were selling to like 30 different colleges. We just realized like right away, oh, this trend is way bigger than just Arizona. And uh, yeah, we had to expand really quick. (laughs) How did, how did you guys get the word out? Social media? Yeah, it was it was a mix. Us being seniors at U of A at the time, what was real nice about that is like we had a real good feel for the customer because like they were pretty much girls that went to our school. So we would go around to all all the different sorority chapters and speak at their chapters. And yeah, it was it was it started word of mouth at our school. And uh, U of A actually has I think over fifty percent are out of state. So a lot of girls, once they started posting pictures on social media, their friends back home would be like, oh, that's, those are cute skirts. Like, where can I get those? And then um, luckily we were all online. So um, we didn't have any stores or anything like that. Um, and at first we would literally just hand deliver the skirts. And we had like these personalized little cards for all the girls. And yeah, yeah that was just like the grassroots pretty much. The company's still alive today? Yeah, it's, so it, it started as Sunny Skirts, that was the name, and now it's Sunny Co-Clothing. And are you still friends with your partner? Yeah, yeah, we're still really good friends. Good. So, yeah, because it's, it's hard to do business with friends, so yeah, um, we, we've been through a lot together, and luckily we're still friends. Let's get to the point where you sold at least your shares of the company to your friend. We'll call it a depression stage, because was it an unknown feeling? What do I do next? Or because it sounded like when you were in in the middle of the business, you still weren't all in. You were still making money, but making money wasn't really the important factor in this, right? Yeah. So I think it I think it dawned on me. Uh, like, and I I even look back at my Instagram pictures, and I can almost like see what I was prioritizing, and it was kind of this. Just I was putting up almost like a facade of how great my life was, and going to all these cool parties and being in LA and um, you know, because our business was so mobile, we were able to like travel to Miami for a month and do business out there while we were like traveling on cruise ships and 
just doing all this really like fun stuff. It was a lot of fun, don't get me wrong. But during that time, I was partying a whole lot and I felt like I had a bigger purpose here and um, I really wasn't tapping into that and selling just suits wasn't doing that for me. So yeah, I I would say the a few months before selling is really when I started to just go through like this whole phase of confusion and not knowing if Sunnyco was right for me and I read a book by Simon Sinek called Start With Why. It really uh, took me inward on on really just questioning why I was doing certain things in my life. And uh, before that, I think I was just doing them. And I was like, oh, like let's do this. This makes money and, and this is nice. But, you know, I, I learned a lot about myself and just learned that I needed to really find passion in the work I was doing. In between this time now, you sold your shares. How, how many months are you in this stage? Kind of a dark, dark stage here. Honestly, probably August to like February. Okay, so maybe six months or so. After you sold the company, what was life like? It was a mixed emotions. You know, I was feeling good to be to be out. I really didn't have regrets. Then I would say a lot of it, a lot of the struggle came when I would meet people that I didn't know. And they would ask me what I'm doing right now in my life. And I would tell them, oh, well, I just, you know, was working on this company and I sold that. And they'd think that was really cool. But then they'd always ask me, so like, what are you going to do now? Like, what are you doing now? And I'm a real honest person. So I would always just answer them like, I don't know. Like, I really don't know what I'm going to do now. And it really got in my head. And that question, you know, it was kind of the first time in my life where so many people wanted to do wanted to know what I was going to do next and it really started to stress me out and it definitely didn't help what I was going through I think at that time and I remember I took in January the beginning of this year I took a, a trip to Thailand to just kind of get away and yeah that was that was probably when I realized how bad my depression was because like I felt like I needed to do a trip like that I needed to like have something that kind of just like wake me up and get me out of the slump of sorts, I guess. Mm-hmm. Did you go by yourself or did you go with a, some friends? I just went by, I went by myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What'd you major in in college? I was business and I focused in marketing. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the time you first ran that three mile run. I know you mentioned it earlier. I believe it was your roommate who said, Hey, let's go out for a run. He didn't know um, what you were going through internally. And that run kind of started everything, right? Yeah. So, um, like I said, I, I knew it was a good thing and it felt good after, but I, I'd say it didn't, it didn't, it's not like a light bulb went off or like, I was like, all right, running is going to change my life now. But when that, when the founder of the run club got my number and started texting me every week, after a couple of weeks, I, I honestly kept my same lifestyle of partying and not really working out a whole lot. And then he would text me and I would honestly just send him, send him back these responses that were pretty much just lame excuses to why I couldn't show up. Like, oh, I, I slept in or, um, oh, I'm not, I'm feeling sick today. I can't come when like they were just lies. I didn't want to go. I don't know exactly what day it was, but I had I had this moment where I, I felt like I was really not only letting him down by not showing up to the run club, but I was like letting myself down. I really thought to myself, like, this is a good, healthy thing for you to do in your life right now. Like, 
you should start showing up. So I'd say it was probably maybe like mid-September is when I started showing up almost every week. And then October, it was like I really got into it and started to run maybe once or twice by myself during the week before Run Club. And then, yeah, November is when I, I signed up for my first half marathon. And before that in my life, I, the most I'd ever ran and won guess like sitting was maybe 10 miles I think I maybe did that in like high school that's when things really started changing for me because I, I realized like I used to hate running and now I actually am starting to like it uh, I wasn't at the love running stage yet but I definitely was like huh I don't really hate this anymore mm-hmm. this is kind of cool so his text messages essentially changed your life and the reason why you're here today and feeling good about yourself and my god ran the the entire country is really because of his text messages and his follow-ups to you and not making sure that you're going to show up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy, man. That guy changed the life. That's amazing. And you are now changing other lives. Yeah. Every time, every time I talk to him, I just tell him like, dude, like I really wouldn't have done this if it wasn't for him. so. So when in your brain did it hit you that you said, I'm going to start in New Jersey I'm going to run throughout the United States of America and end up in my hometown of San Diego. That was the beginning of March, I'd say, when I wrote in my journal that I was going to do this. I knew I wanted to finish in San Diego. The start was kind of anywhere on the East Coast. So I think in my journal, I even said maybe New York. The 3,000 miles, I remember when I was thinking of doing something running related, I thought to myself, I could barely run three miles a couple months ago. What if, what if I tried to run 3,000? And I remember I looked up the distance from like maybe New York to San Diego and it was about like 2,800 miles. So I was, oh, that's perfect. I could just run across the country. That's like 3,000 miles. That's kind of how it started. I, I think it was first, oh, I, sh- I should do a 3,000 mile run because like three to 3,000, that's just such a amazing, I guess, like thing to reach for. And in my journal, it was the the morning after a conversation with one of my friends about my depression. I really did not. Now that you know me and have heard my story, you've probably heard me talk about it so openly with with lots of people. But at this time, I had like never really opened up to maybe maximum two two people about this. So. I opened up to my friend Justine and she pretty much just made me feel like it was okay to not not be okay and being human is tough and she really just made me feel great that night before and I just remember waking up that next morning I rolled over and wrote in my journal and I, I think that also played a huge part in me just kind of having that confidence to just I went through this slump and I went through all this confusion, but now I'm on this path and and let's see where I can take it. Yeah, we all have insecurities and it's always okay to talk about them. That's the reason why I'm doing this show is because of that, because we all go through it. We all go through struggles and talking about your struggles. I've interviewed several people on the show and after my text that I get from them, afterwards they text me and say man thank that was like a therapeutic session for me that's the first time i've said that story before and that type of depth and when i hear that that's do we're just trying to do everything we can to change a life if we can you know if it's multiple lives we'll do it god bless them but you're you're now doing that and and you're in the middle of doing that and this interview is going to help so many others the similarities that you were going through 
Hey, it's Mike. I hope you're enjoying the story and journey on Brady Silverwood's run across the country for causes. If you are, please rate and comment on Apple Podcasts. So this is the point of the show where Brady is about halfway through running across the country. Here's where he went through some serious adversity and questioned if you would finish the challenge due to a serious injury. He also talks about all the states he ran through, his favorite state, and his favorite meal. Enjoy. I think there's 400 people, I believe. Uh, This guy, Jim McCord, I guess, ran through the country, and he says that he follows uh, people that do it, and he says that there's between 10 to 20 a year that have done it every year, and they start in the summertime. So you're less than a percent of the population that has done this. Uh, it's it's truly incredible. I think you finished it in about seven to eight months, right? Uh, yeah, I finished it in 218 days, so just about a little over seven months. How much did you weigh before you started? I want to say I weighed in at about 205 pounds. When I just finished up, I was about 190, so mm-hmm. lost about 15 pounds. Mm-hmm. How many states did you hit? Did you count them all? Yeah, so uh, I went through... I went through, I'll say them all. I went through New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Virginia, West Virginia, um, Kentucky, Tennessee, Mississippi, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and then California. So 14. 14 states. That is so crazy, dude. Uh, do you remember your favorite meal? Ooh, mm, that's a good one. Wow. There's a lot of good food across the country, but favorite meal. Honestly, I'll just have to go with uh, with some of the barbecue in Memphis. That mm-hmm. was real good. Mm-hmm. And what yeah. about states? What was your favorite state? Favorite state, hands down, West Virginia. Mm. Um, I, going into it, knew like pretty much nothing about West Virginia. Maybe just the uh, We Are Marshall movie was was based out there yeah it was just beautiful man like green everywhere you could see um i was running through the i think it's called the monogahela national forest i probably pronounced it wrong but this thing was just like it was breathtaking like i i didn't listen to my music or podcast when i was running through it because the music was literally around me you could just hear the birds chirping and like it was it was something. Now, how you set this up was you guys were in an RV with a friend of yours, right? And then would he drive twenty miles, and then you would you would meet him running? Yeah. So uh, my my friend from college, Nate Heiser, he pretty much was like my right hand man out there. He helped me with everything non running related, so I could really just focus on the running. And uh, yeah, we slept in an RV. Pretty much at the beginning, it was a little more organized, where I would pick where I would run to every day. And that was probably the first few weeks. And then uh, he would just meet me at that spot. So he would be just waiting there for me to finish. Um, But eventually, as the run went on, we got a lot more like loose with it, where going into a run, I wouldn't even know how many miles I was going to go for the day. Mm -hmm. And then I would just text him maybe a mile before finishing my location. And then he'd come out to where I was where it was going to be. What did he do for a living? How was he able to take seven, eight months off? So I actually, I paid him out there. Awesome. So how many miles were you doing a day? The first month I averaged 10.7 miles. Mm -hmm. And then the last two months I was averaging about 20 miles a day. Did you see any snow or snow or rain? Did you run through any of that? 
I I ran through a town in uh, in California called Julian, mm-hmm. and they had snow, but uh, we actually just missed it. It, it had been snowing hard the, like a few days before I ran through there. And then other than that, I just I mean I was going through like the dead hot summer in like Oklahoma and in Kentucky and Arkansas, so. It was pretty much the heat was like the most intense uh, weather aspect, I would say. There was a lot of rain days too, but Mm -hmm. maybe compared to the heat, I mean, there was maybe only like, I don't know, 15 rain days, maybe even less. It wasn't wasn't bad at all. Early on, you averaged 10 miles a day in the first month, and then you, you picked it up to 20 miles a day. What was your body like did it get accustomed to it as you were going on? Was your Did your body hurt more early on with 10 miles than it did 20 miles later? It's interesting because I remember that, you know, as the miles increased, the legs actually would hurt more. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think I just got used to a lot of pain. Yeah, the pain would increase as the run went on. So maybe my, my, my pain tolerance went up. I noticed I noticed the long beard towards the end. Did you shave throughout the journey or did you let it go? No. So I kept like the whole forest gum yeah. vibe going <laughs> the whole run. And, uh, I actually just shaved like a couple of days ago. So uh, it, it actually feels nice to like be able to feel my face without all that hair, but uh, no shave yeah. for the whole time. Did you ever think there was a point where you weren't going to finish? I was really positive about the whole the whole thing almost to like a naive level like I, I'd say maybe when I got like halfway through the run I really thought to myself like huh like this is this is pretty crazy for me to do you know but I was already halfway through it so I was like okay let's, let's you know we can do this but there, the only point I really questioned if I would be able to finish it was in Arkansas so that was about day 105 I had just I had just crossed the Mississippi River going into Arkansas and my Achilles tendon started to like kind of flare up a little. Hmm. You know, I had been running for 105 days in all different conditions and all different kind of pain and I'd worked through a lot of injuries. So honestly, when it started giving me pain, I was just thinking to myself like, all right, this is this isn't going to be a big deal and I kind of like slow jog on it for a bit then I ended up having a walk I tried to like pick back up the running later in the run that day and I could not run it was like a limp run and I knew I knew when I got back in the RV that something was wrong and I stretched out like you know kind of lifting up my foot up and down and I could literally feel the Achilles tendon stretching and it was the most just bizarre feeling and I started posting about it and, and then hearing everyone's feedback of how, you know, dangerous Achilles tendon injuries can be. So, yeah, that was the, that was the part of the trip where it kind of hit me in the face. I could really tear my Achilles tendon and really mess up my leg and, and not be able to finish it. So. I, yeah, but how do you get over an Achilles injury? I know it's, I mean... For those who don't know about the Achilles, is that if you do rupture it, you can be out 9 to 12 months. That's one of the most serious injuries ever. And and you're in Arkansas, about halfway done, and you're now running on, on a bad Achilles. Yeah, I never officially got it checked out, so I, I don't know exactly what my diagnosis was. So, so what happened is the day that it first hurt me, right, 
I ended up walking maybe eight miles at the end of that run. And then the next day I walked 18 miles on, on the foot. The day after my right leg started to hurt a lot because I was probably overcompensating um, while I was just walking. And then I had to take two days off, but I know for sure if I like say I only took one day off and tried to run on it again, mm. I, I really think I would have torn it. It oh, was just, sure. it was feeling so just like precious. I, I, oh man, it was, it was, uh, it was scary. Are those the only two days off you had throughout the journey? No. So I, I would take like, I, I want to say I took my first rest day on my like day 23, felt like maybe my body needed it. And then maybe after that, like day 76, I want to say it was, um, I was having some back kind of a back spasm the, the day before and I could barely walk so I took that day off like when we went into Nashville Tennessee I took two days off just to like explore the city um, so that really wasn't like they weren't like true days off I kind of just took some days where maybe we're in a town and I wanted to check it out and so maybe in total like maybe eight days off and out of those eight days, like four of them were like legitimate injury days mm-hmm. where like I needed to, you know, rest, rest my legs or something. Would you do it again? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this, this, the, the same exact run across the U.S. or? That or another, maybe another country. I think I, I could, I would possibly do another country. I don't think I would do the U.S. again. Mm-hmm. Just off of like maybe wanting it to be different um i think right now in my life i, I kind of want to go a different different path than that but yeah maybe in like 10 years i could go do australia or something yeah that'd be awesome no, i could i could i could see myself maybe later on in life doing it again i, I believe you raised money along the way as well right yeah, so we've we've officially raised over forty thousand dollars for 12, 12 charities in total. So these are just some causes that were really close to my heart. My my sister actually had cancer growing up, and she's a cancer survivor now. She she was granted a wish through Make a Wish to go meet the Gilmore Girls, um, which was like this little sitcom in the early two thousands that you know she loved. So we got to go to like Warner Brothers Studios and meet the whole cast and everything. And at that time in our lives, like we would be going to the hospital so much that just getting out of the hospital and getting to kind of do something like that, it was an amazing experience. So I I felt like running for Make-A-Wish would be so cool to be able to grant someone a wish. So yeah, that was was one of the the causes. And then do you want to hear about some of the other ones? Hell yeah, of course. So uh I also ran for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital, Cystic Fibrosis, Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, which one of my friends, Liam Hearn, he actually passed away a couple of years ago, but he was born with cystic fibrosis. And like every single doctor was like, you're only going to live, like you can't live past two years old. Your, your child's not going to be able to live past two. And he was, I want to say, 24 when he passed away. And um, he just, you know, lived his life with, like, a smile every single day. And, you know, at one point, I want to say he was taking upwards of 70 pills a day. Mm. And he just never complained about his situation. So um, I I wanted to run for him and for cystic fibrosis. So 
at a bat for the run. And then, like, the last, like, really close to home one is uh, NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Illness, just based based on some of the things I've gone through. And, you know, I've, I've uh, I lost a friend to suicide. And it's just something that I know so many people are struggling with. And I know that it's it really takes, like we were talking about, a conversation just to change, you know, the script for someone's life. So, yeah, I was just hoping that I could, at the minimum, just make it more acceptable to, to talk about, you know. That's so awesome. I think, I hope, well, I'm pretty sure, that you've got enough footage here for a documentary. Have you thought of it? Uh, I think Netflix would probably eat this thing up. Yeah, you know, given given my past experience with the, the Sunny Co. company, when we went viral and everything, we had, like, no footage of that whole experience. And I always told my friend, I was like, dude, if we just had a little bit of footage, we could have made that in, into, like, a documentary. So this whole experience, I documented it on Instagram. And then um, to add to that, we did a lot of behind-the-scenes footage on a nice camera out there. So... Yeah, we're definitely planning on meeting with someone hopefully in the new year to, to put together a documentary for it. Awesome. Let me know. Let us know so we can promote it as well. What is the uh, what's the next chapter in your life? What are you going to do now? What's what's the next move? Oh man, just uh, you know, I'm going to be I'm going to be listening to my heart and mind and I just really want to continue trying to improve my life and the life of others so wherever i feel like that call is to go i'm gonna follow it yeah just just keep just keep learning and and keep rolling with with the the obstacles that come my way yeah you should think about talking to kids too i'm not telling you how to live your life but i I, there's a lot of people that are going through the similarities that you went through a couple years ago and like you said, they're scared to be out and talk about talk about it to people because their you know their ego gets in the way or their pride gets in the way, and they're too big of a person to talk about them being depressed or anything or anything like that, right? And I think if you can talk to kids about that type of stuff and be a somewhat of a motivational speaker, you change more lives, man. And I'm telling you, this thing is incredible. It, you're so young, and you are so far ahead of what what you're doing here, and. Dude, you ran throughout the country. That's crazy. I can't. I I can barely run like down the block because I have shin splints. I don't even know how I would even get anywhere. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah, man. I I mean, like, it's hard for me to comprehend. And then when I think about like the the way the way I was really as an athlete and and never a runner, and you know how much is progressed in the past year it really just blows my mind too so yeah I even when I when I told Luke or when I talked to Luke about it who's the guy that would text me all the time for run club he's been an avid runner for maybe like a decade now and when I hear him talk about it that's when it really just makes me go like man this is this is nuts because he's a hardcore runner and he just like he, he really can't you know, wrap his mind around it. And I've always looked, looked up to him and running. So you really did this for a cause, you know, and you're still so, I mean, how old are you? So I, I just turned 24 in September. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. You're, you're way ahead of the curve, man. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure your parents are extremely proud of you. Your sister obviously as well. And a lot of other family and friends. Uh, it's a special, special thing you did. 
a truly inspirational story. Um, my favorite is. I appreciate that, Mike. Abso- no, absolutely. The the brain, man, is the most powerful tool. The brain allows us to go either way, positive or negative. We can achieve anything we want. It's it's a matter of locking our brains to set us up for success. And what you did was just that. You finally woke up one day and said, I'm going to set my brain to success and I'm going to succeed. I'm going to be as happy as I possibly can. And you did that. You did that starting with a three-mile run. And that was thanks to your friend. And uh, from that day, you're now going to be a successful human. And you're changing not only your life, which is the most important, you're changing other lives now because you're in a good state of mind. So... God bless, man. That is amazing. Oh, thank, thank you for that. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really, you know, going off of what you're talking about with the brain, like, I don't think I'm anything special. I just think that it, it really just comes down to uh, setting your mind to the, like you said, the perspective that you want to have. I think so much of us don't have control over the things that happen and you know we can do everything right but things don't go our way mm-hmm. and i learned a lot about that out on the run you know I, I i questioned you know why am i getting this achilles injury after i worked my ass off out here and all these you know different things but at a certain point we almost just need to roll with the punches and be like okay this is this is what it is and and I can either mope about it or I can try to do something positive about it. And I think, I think that same kind of uh, example can apply to so many different situations. Man, there was no perfect time for that story than the beginning of the year. I hope that story pumped you up. I hope it was inspirational, motivational for you. Uh, It's 2020 now. If you had a rough 2019, 2020 is going to be a fresh start for you. So take advantage of it. Kick its ass. And if you had a great 2019, continue the momentum and kick 2020's ass. I feel like our minds are like puppies, always looking for new things to explore. Uh, Sometimes the puppy can get off track, right? And I don't think there's, I don't think it's something we should be frustrated about. Um, That's what puppies do. But ever so gently, we guide the puppy back on track. Try to do the same with your mind, learning to stay on track. It's exactly what Brady did at the time he was in Arkansas. Uh, he had a, a, a bad Achilles injury. That is the roughest injury. It was mind over matter for him. He made sure that he was going to be on track and finish. Uh, that's that's for everything that we do in our lives, right? We, we decide to do something. We need to stay on track and finish the job. And so he did that. I hope you guys do as well. I hope everybody has an amazing 2020. It's 2020. It just looks good. It feels good. Uh, If you find it in your heart to donate to the charities that Brady ran for, you can. All you got to do is go on his Instagram account, at Brady Runs America, and that link is in his bio. Uh, Thank you, Brady, again so much. And thank you all for supporting me in 2019. You guys have no idea how much it means to me. I'm projecting 2020 to be just as fun. So stay tuned and uh, for what's ahead. Please follow my Instagram page, Miked Up Pod, for what is ahead. Please don't forget to rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts and leave a comment. You can also listen to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. I am Mike Gabriel. You just listened to another episode of Miked Up Pod. 
Thank you again for making me a part of your day. Remember, folks, no wasted days. Let's go.